بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته This is your brother Bona Muhammad welcoming you back to the Muslimi experience This is a new podcast where we are so privileged to be able to sit down and, and speak with you know influencers, entertainers, scholars, uh, you name it and really kind of dissect and understand their experience and how they've been able to navigate this Muslim space and even just their lives in general. And we are so, so, so honored to have my brother here, Bustami, who's joining us. Salaam alaikum, akhi. Run over the mics. Yeah, good, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. All the way from the UK, from oh, Brummy, Brumtown. From Birmingham. What, what's the nickname for Birmingham? What's like the... Uh, I know like, they call you guys Brummies. Um, I mean... It's 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 Birmingham. It's it's Brummies. It's Brum, Birmingham Sharif, the fourth Allah, holiest Allah. place in the in, in the world. Birmingham Sharif. Bir- <laughs> <laughs> I love the Birmingham accent, by the way. And I always found it ironic that in such a small country like the UK, you drive like thirty minutes north or west, and it's a new accent. That's correct. Yeah, but you might, you you might be one of the few people who like the accent. Because what they say is but the people from Birmingham are the best people Allah until Allah. they start speaking. <laughs> <laughs> That's not fair. It's not fair. No, no, no. no. I know. I mean, Birmingham is like probably one of my favorite cities. No, no. Birmingham is it's a beautiful city. It it's is. a beautiful place. You know, there's there's nothing else like it mm. in the world. Um, I mean, we do have our challenges and whatnot, mm. but it's it's home. Been there for a while. I mean, Coventry Road alone feels like a Muslim country. Yes. You know, like yeah. that's one of those places where you go and you feel the power of community. You feel the power of Islam. 100%, especially during Ramadan. Oh, People don't sleep. Yeah. And it's it's it's, it's packed. Mm. All the vendors are out. The streets mm. are just feel full of people mm. from from um, just after Taraweeh all the way till Fajr. Yeah, and it just feels like you're in a in an Arab country. Allahu Akbar. Yeah. Now I know you in many different capacities. I know you as an artist. I know you as a playwright. I know you as a performer. I know you as an educator. A lot of people may not know that you have all these different worlds of experience. Um, let's go to the beginning. Okay, when we talk about Bustami and we talk about you as an individual, as a creative, as an artist, what's your origin story? Like, where did you come from? Um, I was born in Medina, in Saudi and I'm originally from Sudan. Allahu Akbar. So, as, as, as my father was a professor, Allah Yerhamu, he, he passed away a few years ago, um, he used to travel. Constantly for his work, mm-hmm. and we, as 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 his family, we used to travel with him. So we were always relocating. So Saudi, Sudan, um, Edinburgh, New Jersey, um, Birmingham. Mm. So all of these different places. So it was very difficult to kind of fit in within one sort of community. Mm. So we were just um, trying to explore different avenues, and 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 I am so glad that the creative industry was was my outlet mm. the thing which i kind of really embodied and i enjoyed and i thought i'm gonna get into this and run with it all the way but mm. then my pops said la 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 where are you going no you have to go to university become a doctor Be- yeah <laughs> what was what is what did he want you to do he said as long as you have a respectable career, uh-huh. I don't care what it is. Allah Akbar. Because obviously he's uh, 
you know, <laughs> he, he's a professor and yeah. all of my brothers, my brother and all of my sisters, they all have respectable careers, mashallah. And mm. so I didn't know what to do when I was in college, which is, um, which is two years after school, just before university. Mm. Um, I was clueless. I had no idea what I was going to do. Didn't know what course I was going to study um, at university. I just chose some random um, um, subjects in college. Mm. Six months before my finals, I got kicked out. Why? I was a bit of a troublemaker back then. <laughs> you still are a little bit of a troublemaker. <laughs> <laughs> Not much has changed. No, no. So I got kicked out of college. And first thing was, went home. I didn't know what to say to my pops. Mm. So I didn't tell him. <laughs> so I told my mom. Okay. And... And then she went and told him and the next morning he just came. He says, so what's the plan? Mm. I said, I don't know. He goes, I'm, I'll do, I'll support you in any venture. Mm. And I knew I couldn't just go get a job. I knew I had to um, um, continue. I said, I'll take the year again. No, 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 no. You're going to waste a year? He's mm. like, la, la. He goes, this is what we're going to do. You're going to come with me to the university every single day. Mm. You're going to study for your A-levels every single day. And this is Birmingham University, mm. a really prestigious university, alhamdulillah. And, 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 and he was a professor of um, philosophy, theology, and Islamic, Islamic wow. studies. So he was one of the senior lecturers there. Mashallah. And so I, I didn't want to go. Uh, but then in the end, you know, I couldn't say no. Mm. And it was the best decision that I could have ever done Because mm. every single day I'm in a new environment I'm away from the streets Away from people who I who are taking me down the wrong path mm. I'm seeing a beautiful campus Educators People just wanting to study People sitting on their own just reading And for me, that's like people had to tell me to read mm. So that was really inspirational And the most important thing was Seeing and just hanging around all of his 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 staff members, all of his colleagues, mm. I learned so much in those six months for, from all of these individuals. So much life skills, um, knowledge, and and at times I didn't know what I was studying. Like it was it was quite difficult. And my pops, he kind of understood that. Mm. He wouldn't tell me, "Do you need help in something?" He just went to his class, um, in front of three hundred students. He put his hand up and he said. He said, put your hand up if you um, are very good at maths. All the students put their hand up and he just selected you, you, you. You're going to private tutor my son. <laughs> yeah, come to the office on this day, this day, this day. Who's good at um, IT? Wow. They put their hand up. So I was getting all these academics, undergraduate students, becoming my private tutors for free. Wow. Because they wanted to keep my pops happy because <laughs> they wanted to pass the course. Yeah, smart students. Pass the module. Um, so that was... My journey, and eventually we, I, I passed all of my A levels. Um, if I was in school, in if I was in college, I don't think I would have got any of this, those grades that I got. Mm. So I had the support from the colleagues, um, all these academic um, uh, members of staff, um, all of these students, and just had this great in, environment of inspiration, and that is what got me onto the journey of becoming a teacher. Because mm. that was when I thought, this is amazing. I'm going to become a teacher. So then I said, I was so excited. I went to my dad. I was like, Halas, I, I know what I want to do. I want to be a teacher. Mm. So, la, 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 la. Choose any other profession. <laughs> what? what? Even, even teaching. Every... He's like, no, 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 no. You're not going to enjoy it. I know what you like. You're not going to enjoy it. <laughs> 
But let me tell you something. I became a, I, I went to university. I studied sports science. Um, I graduated as 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 a. I graduated and I just couldn't get into. Um, no one was accepting me, so I can pursue to get my PGCE, which is a teaching qualification. Mm. For three years, I was kept getting rejected, rejected, rejected. Um, but then I just decided, let me f- let me pursue the arts, and that's where I pursued it with my brother Farid and Abdullah. We became Fursan, mm. and that's where remember we taught in I, Sweden. I do remember. I mean, we'll we'll get to that part because I think that's that's a, a secondary part of your journey. But really, this first part, this introduction to you as a as an educator. Right. Yeah. Being in the field of education as a young black teacher, what was that like? Even entering the school system at the beginning. Let me tell you something. Education and being a school teacher it is the best profession in the world. Allah If I can just teach people for the rest of my life, especially young people, mm-hmm. I'll do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is this is for me. It's just it's just the fire that you see amongst young people and. The way their face just lights up when you tell them insp- inspirational stories. So my the, my style is completely different. Mm. You know, I became director of sports. I was managing, um, you know, uh, a number of uh, my, my the team in my department. There was about there was quite a few of them, Mashallah. and it was a very hectic position. But it was the best department in the school. Mm. Every person wanted to be in our department. I had colleagues saying, "Buster, we just want to um, I just hang around in your office." Mm. You know, it was so good and. <laughs> like before the lesson even finished, I have a whole lineup of students outside waiting to come into my lesson. Wow! And th- so, and then I have, but then it caused some issues because other teachers in different departments used to come to me and say, "What are you doing? That's so exciting in your in in your department." I'm like, "We're just we're just having fun constantly, mm. but we're teaching through fun, through through fun elements and and." A lot of teachers had an issue with that. Um, some teachers came up to me and said, we just want to shake your hand because all we're hearing is your name in class. Allah. Mr. Bastami this, Mr. Bastami that. Absolutely. And for me, I didn't, I didn't even know none of that. I didn't care about none of that stuff. The moment you come into the, 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 the sports department, it's on. They knew exactly what to do from the moment they stepped in. Mm. Um, it, it was it was it was it was a bit like a regimented type of department. Mm-hmm. Nobody would speak. They'd come in. They have three minutes to get changed into their kit. If they're not changing in a kit, they have to put their uniform back on. Mm-hmm. They have another three minutes. And if they're not, uh, it's just the whole. But it's it's like set the standards from the start, mm. and and that's what allowed the smooth running of the lessons. Um, and and of course I was. I, I I got myself qualified as a football coach, of course, it's um, as a soccer coach, um, and that really bonded myself with the students because everyone loves football back there mm. in the UK. So, mm-hmm. um, um, and then I developed, I got all my coaching badges, and I managed to um, go to New York. And I was a football coach for New York Red Bulls wow. and LA Galaxy. Um, I did that for a number of years. I was a youth and talent scout, youth coach and a talent scout. Um, those were the best years. Um, uh, yeah, we had had a lot of fun at the time. <laughs> <laughs> and we used to play. Um, New York Red Bull used to play in the Giant Stadium. Wow. So every weekend we were there, and everyone thought I was one of the players. And we were just like, "Yalla, Bismillah, let's roll with it." You know, everyone wanted to take my autograph, and it was just living that. 
fake celebrity lifestyle. Right. But the one was, that I'm living now. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. But that was that was like that 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 was like um so you got the teaching and then the football coaching, but then I amalgamated both of them together and then set up a football academy in the UK. Mm. Had about in Birmingham, we had about 150 students every weekend. We were coaching five five coaching staff members mm. and we were really building connections with all of the football academies in the in in the country in the Premier mm. League Division One and the Championship and and they really knew the, the 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 name of the academy even till today you know it was been it's been about twelve years um, and even till today a lot of people within our community um, still call me Coach mm. Coach Buster. Um, <laughs> Coach Boston, and I'm like, yeah, that's a long time ago. But they're like, no, 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 you're still our coach. Yeah, you know, um, you know, we travel, we travel all over. I played football in Yemen. I played football um, in the Yemen National Stadium what? live on TV. What position? Um, I was a centre back, so I'd break legs. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. But to be fair, that's not the position I like. Like scoring goals. Everyone wants to be striker. Everyone wants to be the striker. Everyone wants to be the guy in the front. Oh yeah, they get all the um, they get all the acc- accolades, all the awards. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so at that period, football for me was 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 a major role in my life. Hmm. Um, and then I kind of dabbled into the creative elements of stuff, hmm. and within that, it made my the sports lessons even more. Um, exciting for the students because I used to rap the register mm. and and the kids were in rhythm like saying like I'd be like yo Muhammad and then yes sir yo Michael yo yes sir you know what I mean yeah, so yeah. it was like that and whoever would um, mess up the rhythm would start the whole register from the beginning oh. um, so they it, it, it was such an inspiring environment mm. but subhanAllah teaching didn't love me the way I love teaching. Mm. And um, I was in the profession for 10 years. Mm. Um, and um, I decided to pack it all in. 12. But isn't it how ironic that like even your experiences being the son of an educator, right? Having that passion in those topics, having access to young people, um, it's all kind of sets you up for where you are now. Like all these things that happened in your life previously, like even I didn't know you were a coach, but now I can see it. Now I'm like, oh yeah. And that skill set you've been able to utilize in other capacities, yes. right? As an artist and as a mentor. So who were some of the other key figures, the other starring characters in your in your life, especially when you were transitioning now? Like you're an educator, you're doing that for 10 years. What's sparking this now journey of using art? Like what, what who were some of the people or what are some of the experiences that kind of kickstarted this journey of like, oh well, now I can transition into art? To, to to be fair, we um I didn't know where to start within art. Um I was part of a collective called Artistic Souls. There was like 25 of us. And right now a few of them have have broken they're, they're in the UK music scene. Some of them have, have broken into Hollywood and stuff like that. But we were all supporting each other from this from the get-go. We didn't know what we were doing. Mm-hmm. And and then there was another brother in the group who was a Muslim guy, and we're like, hey, let's um Let's do some more stuff together. Mm-hmm. Let's try and do write some Islamic content. Oh, so was that group mainly like non? Was there, it a there, mix were, of there were all. There's a mix of everyone. Right, right. Um, um, so me, me and the brother, we just decided to hit all the Islamic societies, and we were just bouncing off each other, just poetry. Mm. And then we did a um one, one, one year in Ramadan, 
and we met another brother who plays the drums and who sings. So then we self, we taught ourselves how to play the drums. Mm. Now we're a trio and all of a sudden we're performing in Lyon in front of 6,000 people. Mm. We're performing in, 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 in Belgium. We're performing in Sweden. We're performing in Denmark, we're performing everywhere. Mm. We went to about 15 countries with them. Mm. And Allah, let me tell you something. We didn't know what we were doing. <laughs> we were having fun. Yeah. And that was the period before um, I became a teacher, before I got qualified. I see. So that three-year period of getting trying to get into teaching, I was going nowhere. I, I didn't want to get into a different career path. Mm. So we were just having fun. We'd get, we'd get paid. Mm. And then we'd stay in that country for the whole week. And we had a caravan. We'd stay in that country for the whole week, blow all our money. We knew that next weekend we were in another country. Mm. So we would drive to that country. It was the best time. I mean, when you guys decided to come up with this trio, when there, you found, okay, there's me, there's these two other brothers. How did you settle on that name? Like the group was called Fursan. Fursan. Okay, Fursan. What does that mean? And, and how did you guys come up with that name? Um, you know how how difficult it is to come up with names. It's very difficult, you know. So we were just sitting on it for ages. We didn't know, and then it it's just called the night. It just means the knights, you mm -hmm. know, knights who are riding horses. Mm -hmm. And we just thought, hey, it's pretty cool. There's nobody else. It, there's no correlation to what we do. Mm -hmm. I have no idea why we called it for Sam, <laughs> but people knew it stuck even till today. Yeah. Hey, are you still for Sam? I like, bro, man. There's the journeys evolved. We've we've gone. That was like, what if somebody's going coach for Sam? Like, it's like mixing all your so old past together. Coach Buster, there's for Sam. Like, <laughs> you know, things have changed. So, um, but then there was a brother in in, in the city who who saw, um, um, you know, me doing some poetry, and he he was organizing uh, the Dangerous Ideas tour, mm -hmm. and that was with um, Amir, Amir Suleiman. Yes. And the OG, the OG. So yeah. imagine this young dude. I didn't even. And, and I used to listen to Deaf Poetry Jam mm. religiously. A lot of these young guys don't even know what that is. By the no, way. Th that is what I, th that's what that's my early education. Mm -hmm. So when you see the way I write and the way I move on stage, a lot of it is because of Deaf Poetry Jam. Mm. And Amir Suleiman was on there. So when the brother told me, I need you to, we got Amir Suleiman and you're going to open up for him around the UK. I was like, let's go with it. Bismillah. Mm. And, and it was the most amazing experience. And that was one of the starting, um, um, in, you know, that was one of the journeys. And he was one of the individuals who really supported my, my, you know, my, my path early on. He opened doors and gave me opportunities. Mm. And, you know, we still work together to the, till, till this day. We support each other. He's, he's an artist. His name is Muhammad Ali. Oh, aerosol. Aerosol. Yes, yes. Aerosol. He, he's my big brother, alhamdulillah. So, um, you know, we're always in contact and, and, um, and every single person does need a mentor, especially if they're starting up from a very young age. It's massive. Um, um, and, and he kind of picked me up, held my hand mm. and gave me opportunities. And, and this, this has allowed me to kind of do the same sort of thing to all these artists who I see needing additional support. So mm -hmm. I speak to everybody mm -hmm. and I give everyone um, um, guidance, feedback, support. Um, and, and, but then the ones who really shine through, the ones who you really see them um, trying to break through and working even harder than everybody else, they're the ones who need 
Yo, you come here. Mm. I'm going to support you even further. You know what it's like, bro. I do. Because we're both doing the same thing. I know. I know. You know? I mean, the thing that I love about what you've been able to accomplish is, you know, and it's hard sometimes in the Muslim community to see people transition into different roles. A lot of times people know you in one way. And then for you to say, like, you started off as a teacher and then to say, oh, no, I'm an artist. For some people, it's like, oh, you can do both? Like, how? (laughs) You know? So so while I was teaching, um, I was... I was running my academy and I was also um, touring as well as an artist. The moment I leave school, um, um, I forget about school. Mm. Literally the moment I step out of the school, um, um, school grounds, um, go straight into the studio, stay there all night. Um, and then if I have coaching, I'd run to coaching, coach all the kids, go back to the studio. And I would, I would sleep at 2 a.m. every day, I'd be up at 7 a.m. And, and, and the best thing about it was, Working in school Monday to Friday. Mm. Friday night, you catch a flight. You <laughs> go to another country. And then you're performing on Saturday. Mm. Sunday morning, you're back. Mm. Monday morning, you're back in school. Everyone's like, hey, how was your weekend? I'm like, yo, it was exhausting, but it was okay. But I would never tell them what I was doing. Never tell anyone in school what I was doing. Why? Um, I didn't want it to... I didn't want, didn't want any conflict mm. But then eventually uh, Some students did find out who I was And the comments on the YouTube videos Absolutely filled with Oh that's my teacher Oh he's amazing Oh that's my teacher You know um, Mr. Bustami this Mr. Bustami You know mm. all this. It was just full of students commenting mm. and, and that was really 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 wholesome You know And when I left that uh, one school then I became I decided to become a substitute teacher mm-hmm. so then I'm just traveling to different schools long-term um, contracts mm-hmm. I remember at this one school I was at a girl's school and um, um, and then at break time I just opened the door and I see about 60 yeah seven like 12 year olds standing outside every single one is holding a piece of paper in their hand and they said sir uh, we, can we have your autograph <laughs> <laughs> and they showed me a picture. I'm like, "Where'd you get that picture? Picture of me? <laughs> oh, we got it from YouTube, uh, from Fa- um, from um, Google. Uh, we just printed it and gave it to all the students. Oh man! And then I'm just signing it. And I did not want, um, I didn't want, but it was a nice moment. But I knew what was going to happen. Mm. I get sent to the head teacher's office, um, and she was like, "So who are you? Oh man! I'm like, uh, here we go. And I didn't stay at that school. They let me go. But you'd think that would be like a good thing. Like you're still a staff member, no, you're still doing your job. No, no. But you have this, you know, I mean. They, 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 they just want you to focus on the job. Right. Yeah. This is what you do. Focus on the job. Give it 150%. But what I was doing, everything I was doing outside was inspiring the students much more than me being in school. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. I was now I started to incorporate. Um, th- so then some schools were like, can you run all the assemblies? become um i was like brilliant so i before you know it i'm writing a song and the whole school is singing the assembly every morning they're singing the anthem became the school anthem Mm. and it just uplifted the 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 atmosphere within the school and every morning it was just amazing um but because i was do you want me to talk about the trojan horse Ooh, so look, so that's I know the, that's I know the, about the Trojan horse. These guys, don't, let's talk about the Trojan horse. So here's one thing that I, I'll tell you what I know. 
Okay. And you fill in the blanks. This is for all the listeners and the viewers. Okay. So, and I guess, was it, it must, it was in Birmingham. Yes, it was. I thought it might've been in Manchester. So from what I understand, there was this like conspiracy around a group of Muslim educators and board members that the outside school district thought they were trying to like, you know, creeping Sharia. They were trying to like, you know, bring in this extremism into schools. When in reality, it was a group of concerned Muslim parents and educators who started to emphasize, you know, Muslim, they started to put a lot of emphasis on 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 crafting curriculum and outside world that would help these Muslim students who were struggling, right? Because I think Birmingham had, Birmingham had one of the, the lowest test scores like across the country and it was yeah. very, very poor. And then they started bringing in all different Muslim teachers and they started bringing in more kind of Islamic inspired curriculum, which helped the students. But then the outside community started seeing, and then there was some letter that was sent. They were, I know this part, okay? There was a letter that was sent and it made it seem like it was part of a larger conversation between um, one of the school board trustees yeah. and this mysterious person who said like, oh yeah, we're working on this plan of, of taking down the school system by imposing our will and, and putting in these you know parent-student councils or whatever to the extent where then the Muslims that were behind this initiative ended up getting booted. They ended up getting kicked out of the board. A lot of teachers lost their jobs. And that school board or that I guess districts suffered because of it. A lot of the students ended up kind of regressing in their studies. Am I ballpark? No, no, hundred percent. Yeah, you have explained it exactly how it how how it was. Um, so I once I got qualified as a teacher, I worked at that school. Um, Are we allowed to say the school, which was called Parkview Academy? Yes. Yeah. So um, within six months, I got promoted. I went to the head teacher's office, and he just invited me. Says, "Listen, I need to speak to you." Um, he says, I'm, I'm promoting you to director of sport. I says, what do I need to do? He goes, you're, already, you're doing it already. So he just increased my pay. And for me, it was like, I'm going to give them even more. Mm. Give them as much support, incorporate all the different skill sets that I have from outside and bring it into the school. So I was there. Um, I stayed there for six years. Mm. Um, I went through the I, I, you know the whole process of the the scandal you know I was there I was one of two Muslim teachers who remained at the school oh my god what was his name the brother the oh, don't oh, the main dude that they accused of I mean I love I listened to a podcast around it yeah yeah what yeah. was his name the the main dude who he was like a yeah oh. he was a tutor who then joined I, the, I, uh, I, okay, anyways, I forget I, his name. I but. can't remember his name because it's been a while since I, I, I kind of came across him or spoke he, with him. Right. But he was one of the, he really supported me mm. before my journey. And he was a trustee. He was a trustee. So right. uh, a lot of people don't know, but I went to him and I said, I want to become a school teacher. Way before I got qualified, mm. I says, can you help me in any way? And he really guided me to the right people. And that's how I was able to get my teaching qualification. Mm. So then Parkview School just wanted to in, um, recruit inspirational Muslim teachers who were doing amazing things within the community because the school was in an uh, underprivileged um, 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 environment, um, it was an un underprivileged community. Um, they had no resources, they had no inspiration, riddled with drugs, crime, um, um, gangs, and it was a Muslim, commu Muslim, yes, Muslim yes, community. Yes. Where is it? It's, it's like in Alamrock. Alamrock, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so this school came in and from 
it having a pass rate of 3%, it went, it, you know, after 15 years, like it went up to 97% wow, pass rate. And they were sending kids to Oxford, Cambridge, you know, to the top universities. Um, and even the, the government were, were, were supporting, they said, here's a bunch of money. Here are five schools. We would love for you guys to um, do, the same thing. do the same thing. Mm. And then this letter came out of nowhere. Explain the letter now. What 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 was this letter? This letter was. <laughs> it, it's it, like when I'm seeing it from the outside, I thought it was the funniest thing in the world. It's like the silly, like. But explain the letter. Like what what exactly happened? The letter just came to light, and so the, a letter was given to who? The letter was given to the media, right? And sent to the city council, right? And they what looked this, at yeah. the letter. What did this letter like? What was it? What was the letter about? It just said these. The you know Muslims are t are trying to take over and brainwash the whole school and the Muslim extremists, and it was complete nonsense. But the way it was done, it was supposed to be like a message between two people, two people between yeah. the this Muslim brother, this trustee. And this anonymous source that he was communicating with. And this anonymous source is a good friend with this trustee. Yes. And the whole community knows who wrote the letter. Oh, we know. We know who wrote the letter. Can we say it? No. No, we can't say no, it. All right. No. We, After this commercial break, no, no, we won't <laughs> We say know it. who wrote the letter. Yeah. But this individual is being protected. Yeah. Protected by the... By... By the system. By the system. Mm. And... Um, but it's affected us in in so many ways i had about over 30 teachers who got suspended i know over 50 um, 50 of the best teachers who our muslim kids they need individuals like this mm. in their lives they've all quit the profession it's and they've all gone down different paths and and you know i got affected after you know just being within the school after the scandal you know change of leadership it was tough, absolutely horror, horrific environment to be in. Mm. Um, and then I decided to leave. And every school I went into to try and I, I decided to just become a substitute. Like So I so you were let go from Alum Rock? No, so, I, uh, I, I couldn't handle it no more. I see. So I gave, handed in my notice. Before the whole thing blew up or? No, this was four years later. Ajeeb. So I, from that period, we went through four different principles. And we, they brought a Muslim principal who they thought was was a superhead. He was the worst individual I have ever, ever, ever come across. And every single teacher within that school had issues with him and, and everybody left. So he was like, the first meeting that we had with him, he said, listen, the old regime is gone. This school is going on a journey on a bus. You're either with us or go find another bus. If you want to find another bus, I'll help you. That's the first thing he said to us. Wow. And 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 a lot of people just decided to pack their bags and go. Um, but it, it really did affect me. But I had the, the creative art, which was my outlet. Mm. Whereas a lot of teachers didn't have. Well, I mean, a lot of lives were ruined by it. Too many people so were like, you know, they're blasted in the media. Their names were never cleared. They were told, I mean, publicly that they were like, you know, empathetic towards these like terrorist groups overseas. And they really demonized a lot of these Muslim staff members. This is what I understand from no, the outside. No, 100%. To the extent they, where a lot of them never recovered. A lot of them never got back in the school board. A lot of them had to just change professions. Yep. I, I know um, at least two of them who are who are banned indefinitely from education. Um, it, 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 not just the teachers. It kind of, 
it broke the community apart. Yeah. Um, the kids suffered. Mm. 100%. Now the school is failing. Mm. That same school part. That same part They had to change the name and of the school wow. and everything. Um, the school literally, it, it started to go down. And and now, you know, I'm, I don't follow the results of the school no more, but mm. I hope the community has 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 recovered from this because only until the podcast came out last year mm. and this is what we're talking about nine years ago 2014 mm-hmm. this is when i felt content in my heart you know the thing listening to that podcast that actually i learned from it the most the biggest enemy we have is ourselves Our ourselves yeah come on. <laughs> there's no one else outside we have to worry about no and the person who wrote the letter is a muslim i know i know can I say no, 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 no. They, they, they need to watch the podcast. Yeah, sorry, they need to listen to the podcast. It's absolutely phenomenal. It's 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 podcast created by um the New York Times, and it was the most downloaded podcast for in that period in that year. I listened to it and I was super attentive because I was like, oh, I've seen this thing play out many different times. The fact that we internally as a community. You know, and this is the problem, like, you know, we have this, I don't know if it's hesed, I don't know if it's jealousy, I don't know if it's whatever, where we feel the need to compete with one another, not com- not complete one another, mm. not complement one another, right? Like, you see someone doing well, and it's like, oh, why, you know, why do they have this? Why, I could do better, you know? Or if you give an opportunity to collaborate, it's like, oh, no, I don't need to work with them, I could do my own thing, right? Like, this disease that exists within our community 100. is part of the reason why we're so far behind. So, so, so true. And 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 we we don't want to see each other flourish and we don't want to see each other. We're not happy for each other's success. You know, we just like, we just want to take each other down. And this is the one of the main issues within our community, mm. especially within the UK. Um, um, so... Go so after after I yeah sorry I, sorry I have to take you down that road I know it's not an easy thing to talk about but it's so, it's a topic that a lot of people outside of the UK don't know about and I think a lot of us can learn from it yes. because it's one of those lessons that as a Muslim community we should be able to pick up the signs and understand like how that whole thing played out and systematically Muslim educators Muslim students everyone was affected and it was under this guise of extremism and you know and they still use that kind of language right yeah. like we are the other we're never British enough. We're never American enough. We're never Canadian enough. There's always this external threat. It doesn't matter how much you contribute, how much you support, you know, the establishment, you're still seen as the other. Of course. And 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 what Parkview wanted to do at the time was they had all these resources and they just wanted to be accepted. Mm-hmm. The same as every other school, every other state funded school. And they would give so much resources to the staff members. I was they were training me to become a sailor. A sailor? Yeah. Because we wanted to go on a sailing trip twice a year for two weeks, take all the students across the English Channel. Mm. Um, so I was I was on a six-month training course to become a sailor. SubhanAllah. Um, the best experience of my life, it just didn't happen mm. because of everything that went down. Mm. Um, and and um, and then after I, 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 I left the part view, I decided to become a substitute teacher and... And every school said, yep, we love your resume. Brilliant. Every agency, mm-hmm. we love your resume. All right, I'm going to forward it to the school. And you need to remember, as a substitute teacher, the leadership don't get the decision to who is going to be working at that school at the day. Right. It's the individual in the reception who is in charge of that department. Oh, we have a teacher missing. All right, we need to fill them up. Mm. So 
they're the ones who make the decision. So they gave, gave me long-term contracts, six months, eight months, but I would only last a month. Why? And they'll cancel the contract. Um, it's just my nature. I, am, I love the profession. I throw myself in it. I'm not in it for the money. I'm, um, it's, I'm trying to inspire individuals in any aspect. I have so much um, worldly experience and I just love telling stories. And these kids are gripped, gripped to the stories. Yo, sir, tell us more. Yo, sir, tell us more. I wish there were more teachers like you. I wish, oh, sir, I wish my father was like you. You know, you know, to that element. And some of them had no parent, no father living in single homes. And they're like, sir, you're like my older brother, you know? And for me, this was, this was, I, I couldn't let, leave them be because mm. I thought this is my duty. But then... When the management find out, mm. oh, this guy's too influential. Let me see his resume. Let me see his CV. Ah, Parkview. No, I get a call from the agency, Mr. Bastami. I'm, I'm, I'm afraid that the school doesn't want you again. And that happened in six schools. Wow, six schools. And the last school was last year. And twelve months ago, that's where I decided, halas, I can't, wow. I can't go down this, 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 this environment of not being wanted. Mm. You know why am I giving so much, and they just don't appreciate you? It, it was a it was the hardest decision of my life to quit teaching. Mm. Um, I, I've I'm getting emotional about it because I I just love it so much. But I think in many ways you that experience has set you up for something bigger. I think knowing your trajectory and what you want to accomplish, all these experiences being in the school, being around youth, like mashallah tabarakallah, this is giving you perspective. This is giving you insight into the issues that are affecting our young folks, the issues that you know we can see as potential solutions even down the line that without having been in those spaces, you may not have, had, you may not have been exposed to them, right? So I think now we, I learned some of the villains in your story, right? This Parkview thing, this is a whole saga. We could do a whole podcast just around Parkview, by the way, because yeah. I think that story is so, so interesting. And I feel like this is the first time I've ever spoken about it. I didn't even know you were, I didn't put two and two together that you were even an educator during that time. No. Because it was a big, big thing that happened there. SubhanAllah. Yeah. You know? I, I had a lot of support from my father at the time. MashaAllah. Um, you know, he, because obviously he, he's got all the experience. He's been through a lot of different stuff. So yeah. I was keeping him in the loop and he was kind of advising me and what to do. And he was just saying, just, just, just blend in. Mm. I can't blend in, bro. <laughs> you, you know what it's like yeah, when yeah. you, when, when you're put in a place and you see all these kids who, who need that additional support and you, you've seen all the other teachers who are, I mean, there's so many great teachers, but then there's others who are just in it for the money just clocking in, and, clocking and just out. clocking in. And what I noticed in, 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 especially in Birmingham is that they wouldn't get teachers who understand the students. Mm-hmm. Part of you did. Mm. So other schools would get teachers from outside the communities mm-hmm. and there'd be this culture clash you know and and if you don't understand the students you are not going to relate to them and and you're not going to form this bond you see and and when you have this connection well they're going to listen to everything you say 100% you know so it's it's really important for schools to 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 train up teachers who who are who grew up within the local environment, mm-hmm. um, um, because and, and the best thing is, it's like you know, just going shopping and you see students and and uh, and then you just having you know, it, it's just great, you know. Mm. But now when I because I've worked in so many schools, mm. I meet so many students. I'm like, remind me what school? <laughs> you start forgetting who's who. Remind yeah. me what school? And 
but they're in the cafes. Yo, Mr. Bustame, free coffee for you. They're in the KFC. Yep, yo, so I put in some extra chicken in for you. You know, they're always giving me additional stuff, and it's 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 really nice. And and what I do now is because I also run a video production company. Mm-hmm. I I I I offered it to all of them. It says whenever you guys get married, hit me up. Mm. I'll, I'll 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 film. Mashallah. I'll I'll come. We'll film the whole thing for you, and yeah. and we'll really. Have a great time together because Mashallah. it's you know I want to be involved in a lot of their mm-hmm. in, in their lives you know. So now transitioning from professionally teaching to now incorporating art as your day to day, you know this is now your focus. Talk a little bit. Maybe we'll go back a little bit now and talk about Forsan, that experience of being in a trio touring, and this is how we kind of interacted. I'll tell you a funny few stories. One is, <laughs> I remember the first time I remember like seeing you and meeting you and actually like having a real conversation with you was at GPU. Yes. This was probably like, oh my gosh, I want to say 2000 and like 11, maybe 2012, maybe before that or around that ballpark, early 2010s-ish. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. You were the first person I saw repping Penny Appeal. You were the first person I saw with an orange t-shirt. And I remember I remember asking you distinctly like, why, do, why is it called Penny Appeal? You guys don't have pennies in the UK. <laughs> right it's not a penny they call it a pence pence yeah right? that's right you know can, can i tell you a funny story my friend just got recruited um as uh, um within penny pool because they were starting and he had an office in Birmingham. and he said boston we're going to london for this and i grabbed my friends i said lads free trip to london we just need to wear the penny pill t-shirt <laughs> <laughs> free trip just get just some clothes free trip on. to london let's go we yeah. jump on the coach we go put the t-shirt on walk around with buckets and 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 and, and even till today there's a few individuals who used to work for Penny Pill. Mm. They come to me and they say, yeah, you were just wasting. You were doing nothing. You were just holding a bucket and just messing around. And and they turn into a joke because um, even I seen him a few days ago at Muslim Face. He traveled from the UK. Uh. Um, and it's just a running joke that I only jumped to work for Penny Pill just to get a free trip to London. Hey, bro, you I mean, you were the one who put it on the map. I saw you wearing Listen, it. I, I asked you about it. Yep. I took my camera. Mm-hmm. I just made a press um, 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 a badge, badge. Mm-hmm. And I was at the front Taking pictures of all the artists mm. I was going backstage You know With all the artists mm. And I built connections With all of them mm. And 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 As As a young individual I just wanted to be In that environment mm-hmm. So I did what I could To be in that environment mm. And 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 we've become friends mm-hmm. With all of these artists Ever mm-hmm. since that day mm. And you're one of the artists as well I mean yeah So meeting you there Um First of all, GPU was an experience for people that, I mean, it's dead well, now, Global right? Peace and Unity, one global of the biggest of, It was massive. What are we talking about? Like maybe 30,000 people? Yes. Throughout the weekend? The, the, it, they had, it was very much like RIS. RIS. Yeah, 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 very much. Very simple. Very, different format. I think GPU had a lot more of the like kind of concert and, yeah. you know, so I think it was a much more like kind of bigger reach in that sense. RIS is a little bit more like kind of, you know, more knowledge-based in that sense, if that makes sense, like more lecture-based. Um, it, it was a massive thing. I'm kind of shocked it still doesn't happen yeah, each year. We, you know, we, we, yeah, you know yeah, that we, sucks because I felt like it could have survived. It, and, and, and it may I, not be a money maker, but for the community, I oh, mean, it was absolutely brilliant. I mean, even if people remember something called Islamic Relief Games that was before GPU. So they would do the same sort of thing, but they'd also incorporate sports competitions. Mm. So every um, city would organize a football team, a basketball team, a, ho- um, a netball team, and a hockey team. 
and they'd come together and really compete. What hockey? What kind of hockey you guys um, talking about? Field uh, hockey? Field hockey. Okay, not ice hockey. No, 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 no. no, no, no. <laughs> the real hockey. We don't know how to ice skate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Neither do I, but I, it's, just, it's a Canadian thing. But it was it was it was brilliant for the community. Of course, of course. After that, I know. Subhanallah. Nothing happened. So, but GPU. I mean. Getting on stages like that, seeing that type of environment, I mean, it must have inspired you even to know that there was that kind of hunger and thirst in the community to see Islamic art. Yeah. Right. And then when we had a chance to go on tour together, who was it? It was it was myself, for you guys, Forsan. Who else was a part of it? What were the, the Canadian brothers? What they call this too? Oh, uh, Sound of Reason. Sound. That's it. Sound of Reason. Yeah, yeah. yeah. From Montreal. From yeah, Montreal. Yeah. yeah. yeah so two brothers. Yeah. That, that Shout was out to a, them. My share, man. I mean. It's been a long time since it has. It has. We've kind of connected, but it was uh, that was a really, really nice tour. Where did we go in Sweden? We I know we did Stockholm, Malmo, Malmo, um, Gothenburg, Gothenburg. Yes, yes. Yeah, I remember, and I remember like um, you know, it was interesting too because I feel like even in Europe, they're a little bit behind in terms of the acceptance of like art. Mm. You know, it's not a shot at them. It's just like you know, if I look at it from community perspectives, like you know, the U.S. is usually the the forerunner. They're usually the guys who, you know, they will start events. They will start different unique kind of concepts and everybody will catch on. Canadians will catch on. The Brits are, they don't innovate, but when they like, when they find something they like, they destroy it. They destroy it. I'll tell you the example of like these like cafes, you know, these like dessert cafes. Oh yeah. I remember first going to the UK and seeing like one or two of them. There's so many now. Now they are Everybody's got a cafe. Everybody's yeah. like franchise is a big thing in the UK. Yes. Not just cafe. It's like just restaurants or, yeah. or, 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 or stores. It's franchise mm -hmm. is a big thing in the UK. It is. If you've got money, you can just buy and yeah. make more money. Yeah. But then seeing art grow and progress to the point where like you have artists who are coming to these cities. Sometimes it's the first time Muslim members of the community have seen Muslim artists. You know, because for a lot of them, they've been told, you know, art is haram, singing is haram, everything is haram, haram, haram. So we come in and we try and show them like, hey, look, this is an alternative. This is what you can do. For a lot of them, I remember like even my first trips to Europe was very much like a learning experience for them. Like having to just open the doors and show people like, no, we can do this. I remember as a poet, the amount of slack I used to get. I can't even imagine as you guys, like what the things you might've heard, people used to insult me, Achille, left, right, and center. They used to say, oh, you're, they say, oh, you're, you're moving your hands too much. <laughs> you're imitating rappers. You're this. And then the more I thought about it, I'm like, subhanAllah, do you know poetry is our thing? Uh, for sure. Do you know poetry has this whole place in Islamic history? The Prophet ﷺ had a poet. Yep. Right? Yep. While they were going from Mecca to Medina on Hijra, he was he the 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 stomping of the camel that was his rhythm. Mm. And he was he was right well, I would say rhyming over it, but he right. was Hassan ibn Thabit. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. he was reciting poetry over the the rhythm of the camel's footsteps. Mm. And and he so was th this is one of the things that I found to be most frustrating is that like people don't even know our artistic legacy. Mm. Where does art come from in terms of Islamic legacy? Like the Arabic is taught to this day through poetry, through Jahiliya poetry, right? The Arab loved poetry. This was ah. the way in which they documented history. This was their like social media of the day was poetry. Yeah. So our religion is based so much on early art. And if even if you think about the Atlantic slave trade, mm. a lot of these, a, a third of slaves were Muslim yes. from Africa. Yes. And they came to America mm -hmm. and, and, and other parts of the world. But they took the deen with them. Mm -hmm. And when they were reciting the adhkar and the way they recite the Quran, it was just, it was with a melody. Mm -hmm. And and a lot of the, 
like the music we hear today um, really comes from that that legacy the legacy because even um like even um uh, the blues style of music mm-hmm. is very much similar to the same melodic tones as the way the africans used to recite the mm-hmm. adhkar mm-hmm. um so it's it's you know i mean you could if you want to go far back enough you could look at even the origins of hip hop Oh, yeah. You know, and hip hop and how it started and the outdoor block parties. And then you have like the Jamaican reggae influence and, you know, that African kind of influence of the drums. And so 100%, I think even within our legacy as as black Muslims, you know, we see the influence of art. We see how art was used as a form of resistance. Art was used as a way to protest the mm. status quo, right? It was a way for even slaves at that time to to protest and speak up and say what they really felt. Mm-hmm. Um you have different art forms, even like capoeira, for example, which is like a martial arts form, right? Which was this subliminal way of martial arts training that yeah. made it feel very artistic, but really was meant to teach and train the slaves of that time of yeah. how to defend themselves, yeah. right? Yeah. So as an artist, who, who are some of the early Islamic artistic influences that you found in your life? Like who are the people that broke that barrier for you and made you feel like art was okay? Fee, fi, fo, fum, boom, here I come. You don't know that's that that, oh, that, that, that started Mecca that verse? to Mecca to Mid. No, no, the poetic pilgrimage. No, no, who Native Dean? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Minaraps, the OGs. Minaraps, the OG. If you had those cassettes in the 90s, cassettes, <laughs> you guys don't know, you don't know what a cassette is. <laughs> so, I met, I, I was with them on the weekend now. Um, Native Dean, it was so nice to see them again, mm. you know, because after so many years, but they were the ones who who really. Um, inspired me. OGs, man. OGs, man. And 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 the thing is, it's like I remember I went to my friend Eric's house, and I was like, he had a stash of CDs, so many. I says, bro, I need some music. Mm. And he says, you're gonna like this album. He pulled out the Outlandish album. Oh, and he gave it to me, and oh. he said, just keep this one. I know you're gonna like it. Mm. I was inspired by Outlandish. Mm. Aisha. Aisha. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 not Aisha. No, it, it was, it was, is all the other ones where they were rapping in different styles and mm. different melodies, different and languages, different languages. And for me, it wasn't. It, it was just phenomenal. Just knowing, you know, there's two Muslims within this group, mm. and they broke through mainstream. Yes. You know, number one with Aisha. And they were in the, I mean, where are they from? Denmark? They're from Denmark. That's not even like mainstream. Like they're in the bushes <laughs> and they somehow cracked the system. They, they, amazing. They, 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 they really, really aced it. They knew what they were doing yeah. and it was amazing. A few years later, I mean, not a few years, like, like fast forward to 2015, mm-hmm. I got a call um, saying, oh, um, we want you to be an opening act for Outlandish mm. um, for a 10 city UK tour. Wow. I was like, hands down, the best tour I have ever been on mm. with these brothers. They have become my mentors. Mm. And even with pursuing this this, prof- this 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 career path, this artistic path, and, and, and I used to call them up just to get some guidance and advice. How, what can I do? How can I develop this even further? Mm-hmm. And even for them, it was like, because at the time we... Fursan was done with I became a teacher And then I created a duo With myself And another individual And even they flew in Their manager And the head of Sony In the UK And their manager Came to our performance They said You need to see these guys Mm. So they came down And they sat us down And said You guys are absolutely phenomenal We love everything you're doing Just give us one hit Mm. Give us one hit And we guarantee You're going to be Super successful In this industry Mm. Um, We never 
<laughs> did the hit come about or uh, no nah, <laughs> we completely <laughs> forgot you know what it was because at that time we had interest from about six or seven different labels and every single contract i was well i did not like mm. um I, I i was bunch of 360 deals huh yeah man sign up I, here I was, give us your soul i was clued on because i had i seen other individuals other artists get sucked into that contract yeah. and today they're still not releasing because they're not allowed to release and we're talking about 10 years ago yeah. eight years ago so i was clued on and when they said give us a hit i kind of had an idea you know mm. I, i i didn't want to go into that mainstream world i wanted to continue focusing on I mean, it was easy. We, the Muslim, yeah. at, at the event, I, I'm running the because there wasn't in, there weren't enough artists, mm. so you're always getting booked. And I just love traveling, mm. you know, traveling for free, <laughs> getting paid. Uh, it was it was it was one of the most beautiful things. Yeah. Um. So it was outlandish, native Dean. Um. Um. Who's the biggest artist you met at that time? Who was like the the guy you met and you were like, oh my god, like starstruck. Um, Mos Def, mm. Mos Def, um, Dave Chappelle, um, um, who else? Those two. Did you ever meet uh, Sammy Yusuf? Sorry, yes, there was Sammy Yusuf. Mm. You know, um, he. I remember he did one of the biggest concerts to raise money for Sudan in one night. They raised a million pounds. Um, so that was in one of the biggest stadiums in in London, wow. and that was. 20 years ago um, when the situation in Darfur kicked off yes so that 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 Sam Yusuf I met Mahir Zain when before he was Mahir Zain oh my gosh you know I, we should also like because he's also from where is he from Sweden right he's from Sweden yeah like I wonder what this the connection is with Europe and you know what it is I my theory is that because these guys because Sweden is a smaller Muslim community than the UK obviously yes, right like yeah. a lot more Muslims in the UK but I feel like being in those smaller European countries The community's not as large. They're forced to kind of maybe stick together or work together or mm. support one. I don't know what it is. It kind of reminds me of like South Africa. You know, the Muslims there did yeah. so well under apartheid, right? Because they really didn't have a choice. They couldn't work with other. I don't know what it is about the European artists. I feel like they do really well out of necessity. It's like they have a more more of a hunger because they don't have as much, maybe as big as an audience to. And, and I feel as well because they have access to all of these musicians mm. um, because they are very creative in the Scandinavian regions. Right. So they will just perform in, in you know, um, I wouldn't say Islamic songs, but mm. they will just perform. Just mainstream. Just, just mainstream music. And they will develop their skill set from that aspect. And then once they come into the the islamic industry they're ready made mm. you know they they there's no flaws they know what they need to do whereas i feel like now people don't have that um musical education mm. they they learn quran oh i have a great voice yeah Bram. it's not the same thing it's it's not the same no, it's not. and 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 they haven't they don't have access to you know individuals who play instruments and other singers mm. it's it's a, it's a solo journey you know what i think our community lacks the most is opportunities for muslim artists to fail right there's not enough platforms where you can just hone your craft you got to yes. get on you got to fail a oh, lot 100%. before you can do well yeah 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 right so even the the notion i i remember um i think it's one of malcolm gladwell's books he talks about the beatles And how the Beatles got their start and they would perform in like these pubs and I don't know, it was Liverpool or someplace. They would go to yeah. these like far off places and do like a hundred hours of performing in a week. And they would come back the next week and, and they got so good 
just off performing in these like bad venues, right? That they, once they got to the mainstream, once they got their shot, they were fine tuned, right? Yeah. I have a similar experience in the sense that I performed professionally as a poet. I was doing slam competitions. I was doing, and then I was introduced to the Muslim crowd. By then I already done my 10,000 hours. You, you know, the thing is I, I knew who you were before you were Buna. Ah. Uh. When you were, uh, oh, you working with the government, Are you, uh, <laughs> are you know, are you know all this stuff. No, no, it's uh, like um, I was watching your videos, and this was before you became this poet. You had a great uh, band, and <laughs> you had this Sudanese guy in the drums. They don't know about that. They don't know about Walid that. Abdul Hamid. Yeah, yes. that's my brother. Yeah, yeah. Mashallah. So I, I really remember that, and I was like, this guy is phenomenal. Mm. Your style, like, if you continued that, mm. Wallahi, you really would have blown through the mainstream. That was supposed to be my plan. You yeah. know, I was actually on that trajectory where yeah. I had a manager, I had a whole team, but you know, they were modeling me after Kanan. Exactly. So Kanan was the archetype, right? Yes. If for those of you who don't know, Kanan, famous Somali, you know, singer, rapper, poet. He had that famous song, Waving, Waving flag, flag, When I Get Older. Oh, so I remember actually opening up for him for his second album. And like the doors were open for me at that point. It was like, all right, here's the blueprint. Like you just got to do what he did and da, da, da. But I remember like, I just, it's a funny story, but I remember the day of his album release party, a Muslim sister hit me up and she's like, you know, she just started wearing hijab and she asked me, um, Hey brother, I just started wearing hijab. Do you think it's a good idea for me to come to this event? And mind you, this was at a club, right? So I was like, Hmm, you know what? I don't think it's a good idea for you to be there. But why are you there? <laughs> so then that's what I asked myself. <laughs> I was like, if I'm telling her not to come, why am I there? Why am I on the poster, right? So it actually, you know, even being in that experience, having that experience, it, it taught me a lot about, you know, the mainstream. I learned a lot about how I had a uh, an internship at BMG Records, mm -hmm. right? Like all these things in my life, which now I look back on and I was like, oh, this set me up for where I am now. That's why when I look at your story and I look at the educational component, I look at even the sports and all these things, like there's no, it's no coincidence. This is from the Qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah has a plan. He knows Wallahi. exactly where we're going. Allah subhanahu and, and the thing is, it's like at the moments, we're like, why is nothing opening up for me? Why am I failing at this? Mm -hmm. But all you need to do is just stick to it yeah. and just continue, continue because you're failing for a reason. Mm. You know, you need to understand, um, 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 you know, rejection. And how to climb over certain obstacles Because if you don't know how to do that It's, it's you know, this is your education Yeah Um. Because let me tell you something Once you get to, you know, later down the line When you've developed and you've, you're, you're creating really great content Now you know how to mm -hmm. overcome these challenges mm -hmm. um, But like you and I had those experiences I feel like to even fail publicly To do events 100% I have bombed so many times I mean well, Good did, bombing did, hey, did, We're not did, talking about That other kind of bombing <laughs> no, no, We're, we're peace loving people We don't talk about that here Like I even remember people um, 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 The organizer Coming onto the stage Just going to the sound guy And just turning the music off <laughs> In the middle of your set In the middle of our set la ilaha ilaha. Because the sheikh is walking in <laughs> <laughs> Okay he's here We gotta be halal now Yeah <laughs> or, or even like um, they, they, they just jump on stage Oh thank you Thank you Bro we got we need to just finish the song mm. So we just continue Like bros Carry on Ignore this guy We can't just stop halfway Yeah So there's so many different ways You fail And you know Especially It was very expensive back then mm. Compared to what it is now Yeah To find a producer Studio Oh my god Video impossible. production Oh, it's, it's, Can you it's, imagine it's, shooting Like 
shooting it on like you know now we got dslrs we got all these back in the day it was like proper camcorders and like you needed to have a certain level of knowledge it was very expensive even to very. shoot or produce anything so that's why for san we never made any videos mm. we were just like let's just let's just tour how many albums do you guys put out um just before we 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 separated we created one there's an oh, EP. But we had six songs and those six songs ride at us for four years, bro. <laughs> That's all you need, man. That's... You need like a good four <laughs> or five songs. And if you can do it well and milk it, you're good. Yeah. And 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 you have to have very catchy choruses. Mm. Because and, and obviously we had the drums and sometimes we didn't even have to sing, we'll just play the drums and and it was just the it was just the vibe and then mm. um it, it was it was it was it was it was good memorable moments. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. So being able to then have that experience as an educator, moving on to becoming a group member and a performer and traveling and meeting all these different artists, what was this switch which made you think about theater, right? Because theater is a very different discipline. So where did theater come up in this equation? Okay, just before I get to that, um, I once I left Fursan, I decided to go back go into teaching. And then I thought, I'm, I'm, and then I decided. Then I came across this artist who came came to our studio, um, small Yemeni kid. Mm-hmm. Um, with, he he had a good voice, but he didn't know what to do with it. Mm. Um, and I just said, "Yalla, Bismillah." And this guy was his his name is Muad. Mm. And oh, the famous. Yes. So mm. we, I kind of guided him everything I knew within Fursan in terms of recording songs traveling all the networks i had mm. within across the world and uh, for, for 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 performances bismillah muad yallah let's mm. go have fun muad only went to yemen before that <laughs> from birmingham to yemen uh, but when we were together as common souls yeah we just went global Allah. we had so much fun mm. you know um we even you know highlights was you know touring with mo Amma. Oh wow! And the comedian, comedian, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was in, in Scandinavia, um, and and there's so many different artists, and and you know, um, and and we we only created one song, which was "Stand by Me" at the time, mm. and just one song will became a hit, and we just toured everywhere, and then we started creating more songs. We created an album together, and then I just got bored of performing, so I was like, "Yalla, Maad, I'm um, I'm going to be your guy behind the scenes. I'll do everything for you." But I don't want to be on stage no more. Mm. So I developed him, and then I thought, wait, I'm quite good at what I'm doing. I got a bit more time, so I got a singer from Malaysia, brought a female singer, brought her to the UK, mm-hmm. started working with all, you know, um, creating all her songs, and brought another singer from Morocco, lives in Belgium. So they they all live in Birmingham because mm. that's where I was based, and I was funding it all myself, and you know, and. Uh, Create all their songs, get, getting them into concert. Like Iman, for instance, in the eight months, we co- recorded about nine songs. And she performed in um, Singapore, Sweden, um, USA, um, Canada. And, you know, in, in just a very short space mm-hmm. of time, Toucan, same thing. We got him to open. He was the opening act for Mahir Zayn mm. in, in, in Spain in, and, and, and Italy, you know, so... That was the thing. I was, and then people started saying, "Oh, you're a record label now." I was like, "No, just, just want to help." Mm. Um, and then I formed it as a company. It became it called. It was called. It it, it is called Bromero Entertainment. Right. And through that, I thought I'm quite good at being the guy behind the scenes. Let me help these guys become really successful. We Bromero released Muad's debut album in 2020, mm-hmm. um, and then. <laughs> 
through that, I was very, very interested. I, I used to do a lot of theater as, uh, you know, growing up and I just seen the, the market and I was getting bored of just working with singers and seeing them perform us there. Just like, I've seen it done over and over again. The same events, it starts to get boring. You know what it's like. Oh, very much it so. It is boring. Look at, there's no, the audience are not there to see the artists. They're just there to eat the food because it's a, it's um, promoted as a delicious three-course meal. And, or a fundraiser, or a even fund worse. <laughs> <laughs> so so you know they 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 i just got really bored and i just started writing and then i started telling all these artists guys i got a theater play theater place musical i want you to sing let's let's you know i want you to be involved in this let's um um expand on your skill sets mm -hmm. because it's going to open more doors in the future mm -hmm. don't just be an sheet singer mm -hmm. don't just be a singer look it is open the industry is open. We are like 15 years behind mm. mainstream. So whatever you do creatively and you do it good and you do it well, the, the, you will have an audience. So theater was the thing for me, musical theater. Mm. Um, created, uh, my first one was Eid with the Neighbors. Mm. Um, um, and we What was the character you played again? I, I played Papa Buster. Papa Buster. Hey, everybody, what's going on? This is Papa Buster. <laughs> so he's like an old American... Uh, like uh, uncle, um, I'm, all the young people love it. My kids love it. And you, I mean, I, I seen the pictures. Obviously, we did a, a similar stage play here, but you know, you get into this old character costume. And yeah, you got the gray hair. Yeah, and, uh, and the walking cane. The and, walking cane, and, and then I got Moav to to become an, an old character as well. Right, and he he his his character was called Bob. And he was an old grumpy British man, mm. and just putting them together, it was hilarious. Um, so we 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 did it in Canada for the first time, and then around the UK, and then now I, I'm still unsure what to do with this character. Mm. So I just he's quite a funny character. He is. So I parked him up for now. Okay. Um, but he will come back. I don't know which audience is he gonna reach. Mm. Is it the younger kids, the middle age, or, or the older in the mm. um, age range? So I'm still trying to figure that. So he's. Well, I think. Look, I mean. Uh for you as a as a playwright cuz i consider that to be you know that's that's a play at that point like you yeah. were, you were you know even the eat with the neighbors and then we'll talk about obviously this king Naga najashi project that you put together um i think that's a world that is so undertapped right now so under resourced musical theater theater in general mm. in the muslim space right like alhamdulillah we we have a lot of calligraphy artists we have visual artists we have now singers but theater to me and film are two areas where our community has just scratched the surface. 100%. And you need to remember, theatre back home from where all our parents come from mm. is a big thing, especially oh. in all it's the Arab countries. It's a big deal countries. in Sudan. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's theatre, Masrihiya, just a story being told on stage. That's people's entertainment. Yeah. People would go out to just watch a theater play mm -hmm. in these Arab countries. Mm. And then they come to the West and they completely forget that. Mm. They completely forget that. They don't want to support their And then everything is haram. Every <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, back home it was halal somehow. And then all of a sudden here, your fifth change. So so I thought, let's let's do it. So with Eid with the Neighbors, we managed to tour it across 12 cities in the UK. We had about over 5,000 people came and if, and we had a cast of 12 actors, all Muslims. Some of them have never acted before. A mixture of singers, actors, rappers, musicians. All together, it made the show. Mm. Um, and then from that, I thought, okay, I'm onto something. Mm. And then I wrote um, a few stuff for school because I was in school. Um, 
I wrote about seven different school productions. Mm. Um, all the kids in school were acting in it. It was um, it was great. And then I just thought, you know what? The Muslim black representation in Islam, in the arts, you don't really see it. Mm. Especially black Muslim stories. Mm-hmm. Big up to Mustafa Briggs. Mm. Because the book that he he released, you oh, know, yeah, Beyond Bilal, Beyond Bilal is absolutely amazing because it kind of touches on you know all the um, his Muslim historical figures who've really made a huge difference to the religion. Mm-hmm. So I, I I I I read that and I thought, yeah, I think it's time to bring Muslim historical figures to the stage mm. so we can actually learn from their stories. So the first one was Ayuba Suleiman Diallo. Mm-hmm. So he was a slave from 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 West Africa. He was an imam, um, and then he was sold to as a slave, and he went to the states, and then he went to the UK, and he became a free man because, yeah, you, um, you just need to look him up. It's yeah. all the research is is. He was like a scholar. He was, he was a scholar, like hafiz, I believe. He yeah, like wrote so the Quran by hand, and he wrote the Quran by hand three times from memory. Um, um, more recently, a few years ago, one of the Qurans that he wrote. Um, was sold for about $33,000 in auction. And he was born in, he, he's from the 1700s. Right. And and even to till today, his portrait is in the National Gallery in London. Yes. Because it really represents um, 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 him being a black Muslim slave, but he was free. But also one thing about his story that I think it's kind of sad, but like the fact that he was this educated shocked white people. Right. Yeah. The fact that he was a scholar, he could read, he could write, he knew his religion. He knew this debunked the theory of these white, you know, slave owners that these people were lower class or black people, you know, were not compre- they could not comprehend higher thought. Yes. When they met him, it threw them off guard. Threw them off big time. Yeah. And 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 from that, you know, there's so many elements of inspiration within his story yes. that we can actually take and embody and 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 add value to our lives just from certain segments of his life. Mm-hmm. So that was a, a as as a musical theatre production. It was a one man show. Mm. First time I've ever done a one man show, mm. and it really did a great job. I did it in, in here in Canada twelve months ago, and then I took it to about two hundred schools in the UK. Mm. Received extremely well. Um, um, you know, we do the performance, and then we do workshop a Q and A with the students, and and they really really enjoy it because. They have never heard of this figure before. Mm-hmm. And from that, I thought, okay, who else can I write about? Mm. Um, I started on Mansa Musa, but, oh, but his story was a bit, bit more trickier to write. I think you need a lot of together. money to pull that story off too. Because <laughs> man was balling, bro. Oh, yeah. You need the bricks of gold <laughs> that he leaves. Because he essentially changed the currency of the world. The currency of the world. When he went to Hajj. When he went to Hajj, he was just giving out gold bars yeah. to everyone. And he collapsed the Egyptian um, economy. Um, economy. Yes. You know, um, and and he, he his stories. Ins- but then again, his brother. Oh, he had a brother. He had a brother who was the king before okay. Mansa was. Okay. Um, but then he went on a journey because he wanted to, he was an explorer. But so he went on a journey and he passed away on that journey. Oh wow. So he paved the way for his brother mm. to go on the same journey as he did. Mm. So then Mansa became the king, and then he was like, I'm gonna continue the journey that my brother started on. Wow, I didn't know that. So um so I thought. Mansa Musa's story is amazing. Let me park it up for a minute. Mm. 
King Najashi. Allahu Akbar. East Africa. Hey, brother. Now you're you know? talking my language, brother. Oh, yes. Now you're in my neighborhood, brother. <laughs> I love it. You know, and we, we know who King Najashi is. Yes. But we don't really know his story and his yeah. history and his background. Mm-hmm. We just know, oh, he was the king that the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi sent, sent the Muslims. Said, oh, he's a, he's a righteous king. Mm-hmm. He's a just king. He's going to protect you guys. Mm-hmm. Go see him. That's all we know about him. But there's so much more. About this guy's story There is And this is all incorporated Within the musical theatre show That we've created mm. And what what's amazing was I thought It's too much for the show To be a one man show I can't just be King Najashi mm. On my own Because there's so many different elements So then we did a casting call Here in Canada And we just managed to get um, 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 Some actors, singers and rappers And We've been doing we're doing rehearsals online for a few weeks. I feel like I have the best cast for this production. Nice, absolutely phenomenal. They came, they they embraced their characters, and they just threw themselves at it because they thought this is a great opportunity for me to explore musical theater mm-hmm. in this scene mm-hmm. because it's a new. In the, it's and in there's no one really giving opportunities and like that. nobody is nobody's giving opportunities and nobody is really creating musical theater right so they just jumped on it and we met five days before the actual performance um but we've been rehearsing um mm-hmm. online for, for a few weeks mm-hmm. and the first time we met was five days before the main stage wow and 16 hours a day we were together um going back and forth back and forth back and forth in the studio rehearsals and you know, shout out to the team at Muslim Fest because they really, really, really supported the project and supported Mashallah. the script, and and you know they were with us throughout the whole journey, and um, we performed it on on Friday night. And let me tell you, bro, it was the best feeling mm. any artist can ever have. Mm. Twelve thousand people were there. Allah Akbar. And and these guys have never performed in front of a front of that many people mm. and the best thing is just knowing their families were there mm. and the whole of mississauga was there mm-hmm. and the whole gta the whole greater the, toronto area yeah 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 it was phenomenal Mashallah. absolutely i have hundreds of messages saying every song we want you to t- we want to turn into a soundtrack we are still listening to the we still sing in the songs um um that you guys um, sang on stage so i felt like if we have to create a show it has to be created on the level of mainstream. Mm. Hamilton, the musical, is my inspiration. Mm-hmm. The writer of Hamilton, Lin-Manuel Miranda, I've been following for the last 15 years. And wow. I thought, um, um, every even before Hamilton, he wrote um, a production called In the Heights. Yes. And, 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 and that was groundbreaking. Mm. So I wanted to do exactly the same thing as what he was doing um, and bring... Islamic stories to light Hamilton won so many awards yeah. It broke records 100%. And it's touring globally mm. Why can't we do the same for Muslim stories And we have such a plethora of stories That the world has never experienced yet Right I even think about Remember that uh, stage play Joseph and the Technicolor Dream well, There was some story Some play based on Joseph uh, Yusuf Ali Salam's life But they call it Joseph mm. and, the, and the Code or whatever Dude Yusuf Ali Salam's story is a movie. Yeah, yeah. It's the craziest drama. Like, imagine your brothers <laughs> take you out into the wilderness and throw you in a well. Like, that, even just to start from that point, like, and then we have that all throughout our tradition. 
you know, like just stories upon stories upon stories that we as Muslims, like we talk about them in passing or we, you hear some stories on the mimbar or khutbah, whatever. But I think like storytelling should be our thing because, that we own. Because the young people are not going to listen to a sheikh. Um, I mean, they will, but not in the same way. Not in the same way in terms of, I mean, my father, Allah Yirhamu, he was, he, we, we'd have these discussions constantly. He's like, Abdullah, you know, like, when, when are you going to um, stop doing this? When are you going to get a real job? When are you going to get a real job? You know, <laughs> I'm like, I'm having fun. I'm making money. Yeah. You know, he's like, no, 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 get a real job. Uh, but I said to him, what you, what me and what you are doing, we're on the same journey. You're giving da'wah through the traditional academic route. Mm-hmm. I am going to give da'wah through entertainment and art. It's going to be longer. It's going to be harder because we have to go all the way around, mm. hook them, mm. and then slowly we'll bring them in. Mm-hmm. And, and, and now I'm seeing it. And now stories need, our Muslim stories need to be brought to life 100%. on stage and on screen. Mm-hmm. Because if we're not telling it, then they're going to be telling it the wrong way. And they say, if you're not at the table, you're on the menu. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's if it. we're not the ones telling our stories, if we're not the ones who are, you know, crafting these narratives, other people are going to do it for us. Yeah. And they're not going to care how we really feel. You know, it's just about dollars. It's about what works well. It's about their agenda. Mm. Right? So I think what we're doing as artists, as storytellers, and as Muslims, using art as a mechanism to teach about Islam. 100%. Is the future of Dawah. Yeah. I believe, right? I and believe I'm, I'm clearly too. very biased. But, but, but I feel like, you know, myself, yourself, there was also Muslim Bilal as oh, well. Oh, yeah. 100%. Because OG. We, we all started together. Yeah. And, and everyone has taken their place mm-hmm. and thought, Okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to give my dawah and and spread the message in this art form. Mm-hmm. And and more people need to do this mm-hmm. because as an Ashid artist, you're going to get bored eventually. Mm-hmm. You're going to get bored of just being on stage on your own. There's nothing better than being on stage with your friends, mm-hmm. and 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 nothing better than actually working together for on a project that is going to be meaningful and and inspirational, and 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 it's just you know just seeing the, the 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 faces of people because they have just been given a a they've just had a spark because they've been inspired by something that they've seen on stage and as a facilitator of that it's one of the best feelings ever it's like being back in school mm. but now i'm not teaching in school i'm teaching on stages but you're still teaching but i'm still teaching mm. and 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 it's the best thing and who's going to tell me let me see your lesson plan. <laughs> <laughs> what lesson plan? What lesson plan? <laughs> yeah. I do it on my own terms. There you go. Which is the best thing ever. 100%. And and even the work that you're doing with your with Purple Don't Cry. Mm. Absolutely phenomenal. And the mm. films that you've you Have put you seen together. Purple Don't Cry yet? I gotta send you the link if you haven't seen it yet. I've seen the trailer and, and oh, I gotta I, send you the whole film. hundred percent. I really this this world of ours, I think as creative artists and as as entrepreneurs, as people that see a future in our field. I think we need to, first of all, work together. Mm-hmm. We need to see the common goal. This is something that I learned even working with Al-Maghrib Institute, you know, seeing the vision of Sheikh Mohammed al-Sharif, Allah yirham, you know, Allah how yirham. he made this entire institute and brought all these people together. And as soon as everyone was in place and he had the right staff and everything, he said, alhamdulillah, and he moved on to a different project. Mm. That to me was the craziest thing of all. Because you know, once we establish these institutions, we do the right thing, put the right people in place, create a situation where we can win. 
And then, mashallah, tabarakallah, you, you create and they will come. You build and they will show up, right? So I think now the journey that we're on, people are going to look back at this 10, 15 years from now and be like, wow, you know, I saw King Najashi on stage when I was 10 years old at Muslim Fest and now I'm this Oscar winning. And you're not going to know, subhanAllah, the impact until years pass because we are subliminating up planting seeds in all these young people, these young kids to let them know, A, art is okay. It's halal. There's a way of doing it, right? And I think inspiring our communities to tell our stories. Yeah. More than anything, we're building culture. That's the main thing. Right? Because what what do, what does a... We know what Sudanese art and culture is like. We know how people dance in Sudan. We know the food they eat. We know the... What is British Muslim culture? Mm. What is Canadian Muslim culture? What is American Muslim identity? This is the part of the equation we as Muslims and minority countries... We haven't figured it out yet, right? And I think what we're doing organically is crafting Western Muslim culture and identity. And I think this is what's going to keep our kids as Muslims. Yes. Right? 100%. Because they now feel an ownership. They feel like I have an identity. It's confusing enough, Akhi. My kids are, you know, I'm I'm from Oromia. My wife's Eritrean. They're born in Canada. I asked my they asked my son in school, where are you from? He said, I'm from Injira. <laughs> <laughs> right? The kid's confused. He doesn't know where he's from. And I was confused too. But alhamdulillah, what they have now that we didn't have back in the day is they have a strong foundation of Islam. Yeah. They have a culture which they can buy into. They have, you know, we know what we dress like. We know what our food is like. And I think, again, in 10, 15 years time, people are going to look back at this moment. And we're going to look back at this moment, inshallah, if Allah gives us life and we're I still mean, around, yes, right? Yes. We're going to look back and be like, wow, that was crazy. It's touring in Sweden. But these guys didn't even speak English. <laughs> what were we doing there? How did we... But we planted a seed. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And now there are artists who are coming out of the UK. I mean, it's funny. As you're talking about Mu'ad, I'm thinking, I had the same experience with Ilyas. Yes, yes. It's, you it's were... literally the same thing, right? Yeah. Like, we found another younger brother in the struggle. And we were sick of being solo and rolling alone. Hey, you got to take him on board and Let's let him go. learn. And now I see Ilyas giving birth to other artists. I see Muav doing the exact same thing. Allah working with other artists and putting them on the stage. Yeah. Isn't that trippy? I was like, oh, wow. You're like a grandfather now of, <laughs> of, of, of art, right? <laughs> Think about it that way. Like we were in a position where we didn't have that mentorship. We didn't have those older figures looking Nothing. back. We, we, had like, we had each other. That's it. And we were across the world, right? Now in our own neck of the woods, we're accommodating, you know, we're meeting them where they're at. We're trying mm. to build them and grow them. And inshallah, you know, I hope that communities look at what you have done and what, you know, me and other people have done. And we start to build those foundational blocks. Just to allow this art form to be acceptable. Yes. And to not shun if, 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 if a young Muslim child wants to go into art, acting mm. or wants to pursue a career in the arts mm. now we are paving the way there is an opportunity to become successful not just being successful you are needed yes you are needed and your story and your skill set and everything it's funny in my household right my I, my my wife and i my wife is a teacher okay i'm an artist in our household our kids come back with our report cards we, we don't look at math and science We're like, how did you do an art <laughs> my look at my son you got bad in drama Really? And I'm an actor? Like, it looks bad on me, you know? Like, so even as a parent, I have a completely different focus. Like, I want my kids to do something big. And I want, I'd love for them to, you know, I mean, obviously I'm biased. I'd yeah. love for them to pursue arts. If they, they can pursue whatever they want. I don't mind. But like, even to have that notion of a Muslim parent who is okay with the arts and in fact, wants their children to do well in that category. It's so important for Muslim kids to be involved in the arts because you're not just, the, the amount of skill set you're going to, 
develop, you know, confidence. Yes. Speaking in front of people. Public speaking. Big public time. speaking. Presentation skills. Creativity. Creativity. You know, and 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 just working together as a group. Hundred percent. Teamwork. Yes. You know, this is needed in every profession. These are life skills. These are life skills, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, and 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 the art really teaches you all these things. Mm-hmm. And and I really want to see more kids in communities um, going to acting classes, drama classes, you know, singing classes. Drumming classes, mm. just all these extracurricular activities. It's not just maths, English, science. Right. It's just something for them to to really um, 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 explore because they might enjoy this right now, and mm-hmm. they 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 need that extra support to kind of pursue it. So we talked about your your story. We identified some of the main characters, some of the villains, some of the people that maybe you know some of the obstacles you had. What is your and I don't want to say ending, but what is the next chapter in your story? You are doing what you're doing now. Where do you see yourself? Where do you see Bromero? Where do you see the entire entity that you've developed 10 years from now, 15 years from now? Like, what is the blueprint? Where do you want to take things? Um, in about 10 years, because Bromero um, um, tells stories through music, theater, and film, um, all these different art forms. Mm-hmm. But we want to be there in about 15 years time and be like 50% of the Nasheed singers who are here today have gone through a Brumero program. Mm. This like an educational an educational program, like a blueprint in how to, how to become successful within this field. Wow. Because, um, I, after I released Moab's, um, 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 album, um, in, in COVID, that's when my father passed away. I mean, and, and I said to Moab, I need a break, Mm. but you know what you need to do, bro? Mm. Go and do it. I've been teaching you this for the past few years. This is the blueprint. And that was when he extremely blew up. That's, you know, during that period. And he's on a trajectory, alhamdulillah. Mm. So we want to continue doing this with many different artists and create many different educational facilities in, in different countries, um, arts, artist academies. Could you imagine that? And a, a Bromero Muslim artist academy. Everywhere. This is this is the vision. This is the dream, inshallah. And and through that, it's understanding filmmaking, understanding um, acting, choir. Mm. So, uh, we have a we set up a choir group in, in Birmingham, mm. and we want this to become um, um, a, a, one of the best choir groups in the country, especially for Muslims. But at the same time, we also want it to compete um, with with other choir groups like gospels and stuff mm-hmm. like that, because. When we do, we don't do it the right way. Mm. So we are going, we're, we're putting Everybody's all our, out of tune. Exactly, everybody. Yeah. So we're, we're putting all our resources into it so it can really inspire other our, our own community mm. to like, yo, look, there's some girls and some boys your age singing. You mm. should do the same thing. Mm. So the vision is big. And, um, and you know, I, you know, everywhere we go, a lot of people say, Alhamdulillah, Bastami, we believe in the vision. We want to support it in any way. And, and so that just shows that because the intention is pure. Right. And, and the goal is not just for us to become successful. The goal is to see this industry become respected. Allah Akbar. You know, and, and to, it's an avenue for people to learn more about the deen. And, and, and it's, it's, it's really important. There's not enough avenues for people to kind of explore um so Bromero inshallah 
um, collaborating with yourself Ooh, and, and your organization. We got, some, we got some fire in the kitchen, brother. We have we have some major tours coming up. Inshallah. Um, various different aspects of mm. of art forms, and it's gonna be. I feel like Buna. I feel like I just graduated from university. Allahu Akbar. Right now, and what's the next step? I'm gonna get the job. I feel and like then, honestly we haven't even started yet. We haven't. That's why I feel like I just graduated. Yeah. And now I have all the skills. And now the infrastructure is coming together. Yes. Now there's entities outside of our just artistic space that are putting us in positions where we can do for that sh- mission. For sure. Right? And and a lot of these academic institutes, Islamic, they understand the 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 importance of yes. having creatives working alongside them. So we work together really mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 you know, it's I'm very, very excited for the future of um Islamic what would you call it? Islamic entertainment, Islamic, Islamic art, yeah. you know, I think we should call it Halaliwood. You know that's Omar Reagan's company. That's Omar Reagan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this movement is bigger than just his company. This is no offense to him. I love his name. That's yes. why I'm saying Halali. we should all just embrace it. Yes. It should be the movement. Yes. I'm calling it that. I mean, I, it's already, it's too late. It's already, we documented it. It's halas. <laughs> so Omar, Halaliwood is officially Everyone is for everyone. It's and, for everyone. And musicals, we don't call them musicals. It's n- nashidical. Nashidical, Allahu Akbar. <laughs> and I got one too. When we do, the, inshallah, we do the we do Quranicals as well. Quran. <laughs> That's the next stop. Let's do it. Let's do it, inshallah. You know, they're not ready. No, no, they're ready. They're ready, inshallah. And I'm sure everybody watching here now is ready to learn more about you. How can people get in touch with you? How, what's the best way to find you online? Um, I'm on Instagram. Um, mm-hmm. And and YouTube YouTube is on the Bromero, but Instagram it's bin Basta, bin underscore Bastami. Mm-hmm. Bin means son of Bastami. Right, right. Um, and what about Bromero? Is there a specific page that they? Yeah, go to, so Bromero is also on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, um, just under Bromero, which is spelled B R I M E R O. And there's a lot of great content coming out on that channel. So everybody, make sure you check him out. Make sure you support the entire movement. And I'm honestly, brother, I'm so excited that we even got this chance to sit down with you. I know it was super last second and super disorganized, but that is the Muslimy way. We just make it happen. There, you know, where there's a will, there's a I, way. I, I, and, and it's just the the best thing is this overseas collaboration. Alhamdulillah. We have to work together. Wallah, yeah, here we do. You know, I'm over there, you're over here. It's yeah. like, it's difficult to work because we're all on the same journey. We got to build, man. We That's why I tell people, we're all on the same team. Yeah. You know, and we got to support one another. What you can do, I can do. What I can do, maybe there's things where I can fill certain gaps for you, right? And I think collectively, what we're doing is inspiring the rest of our teammates to step up. 100%. All, we have so much talent in our ummah that is being underutilized and people don't know their own like power they don't know what they can even do mm. so when we do come across the muaz and the ilyases and all these people like alhamdulillah we're in a position now where we can inspire them and motivate them but could you imagine all the people out there who have yet to be in contact i feel like in my position i'm like the morpheus of the art scene Oh. I show up and I give these guys I give them the two options I give them the red or the blue pill <laughs> Seriously And I tell them You can continue doing whatever you're doing And close your eyes And pretend everything's okay Or you can join this battle Because we're fighting for the hearts and souls And the culture of our community And the future generations And the thing is As an artist There's there's there's, there's three things Are you doing it for money? Are you doing it for fame? Or are you doing it to, to, to keep a legacy? Mm. You know, Or are you doing it for women? That's another <laughs> <laughs> We don't have enough time to get into that But that's 
There's a lot of brothers out there, okay? a lot of very oh, thirsty man. brothers, man. Mm. They're forgetting the, they forgot the plot, okay? they don't know, they, you know. But Allah's got a plan, and He don't include them yeah, in Allah our plan. Allah, Allah protect us all, inshallah. Ameen. Allah protect you. Allah bless you in your efforts. Allah grant you tawfiq and everything you're doing, inshallah. And Allah make our legacy one that positively influences our communities for generations to come, inshallah. I mean, I mean, Buna, thank you, Habib. It was, it was a long khairan. time coming. Alhamdulillah, I'm happy that you had time to spend with us, and I'm happy everyone had a chance to uh, listen to this conversation make sure you stay tuned inshallah for future episodes of the muslimi experience i'm your host brother bon muhammad signing off take care assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh